Revolutionary Talk for Revolutionary Times. Liberty Talk FM. Everybody, this is Wits and Roz here at the Sporting Edge. We are back and better than ever for another week. No guests this week, so you're going to get a chock full of me and uh, Wits here. But yes, sir. Right? Absolutely. And we're new men today. And we're new men for the rest of time. We are becoming bilingual fighting machines who bring you sports. Yeah, we started taking some Krav Maga classes this week. And for those of you who don't know, Krav Maga is... The self-defense system that the Israeli military uses and teaches to all its personnel. Actually, really cool. We're one class in right now and probably learn more about fighting than we have in our entire lifetime. And it was a super cool class. I mean, there was a girl in the class who was about our age who could have single-handedly probably kicked both of our asses. At the same time, actually. Yeah, but I mean, it was an awesome experience. Got a t-shirt. We met Master George. There was a dog running around in there. It was a great time. And we also found this app for those out, for those of you out there who want, always wanted to learn a free Spanish. promo right here. Free promo, yeah, for this app called Duolingo. Um, it's a really simple, free app that you can lo- use to you know keep up to date with a- any language. They've got about thirty languages on there. We're choosing Spanish because that's probably the next closest Hola. thing. See, <laughs> um, but yeah, this app is great. Uh, really simple. It goes through all the phrases, all the verbs, and, and it's a, it's a really good time. Ten minutes a day. Really simple. So we've been doing that for about four days, and I can already see the difference in my Spanish. Oh, absolutely. And just reiterating, we are learning how to fight, but more for self-defense. We're not going to find our fans out there and just beat the crap out of you. What we're going to do is protect you. If you're hanging out with us at a bar, a restaurant, whatever you want to yeah, do. We learned the seven elbows yesterday. I didn't know you could throw your elbows seven different ways, but apparently you know, Master George and company are going to teach us how to effectively throw all these elbows and it was you know the guy running our class if i were to see him on the street i would think nothing of it but i think this guy could have dropped me up and down in about three seconds so definitely learning from these guys and like i said the free t-shirt was the most exciting part for me because i'm just going to wear it every day you know what the best part about the seven elbows is is it gave us the opportunity to watch seven elbows and you know what else i want to watch seven times i want to watch the calves and the Warriors go head-to-head seven times in this series. So you guys know it. The Cavs are now officially joining the Golden State Warriors in the NBA Finals, and we here at the Sporting Edge are beyond excited because it's finally the part of the basketball season that we've been waiting for. I mean, you could have slept through the rest of it, and it would have been all the same. Right. But and this we're is what we, we've been waiting basically six months for this. I mean, you're always kind of wondering if it's not going to shake out to be the top two teams by far in the league. But, you know, here we sit. 
May 27th, we got Game 1 coming up pretty soon, and this is just going to, I think it's going to be an unbelievable series. I mean, the price right now, um, it's obviously going to fluctuate up until Game 1, but we got the Golden State Warriors is a minus 240 favorite, and the Cavaliers are 2-1 to one at plus 200. I mean, both these teams combined 24-1 and one in the playoffs so far, and it really hasn't even been close. I mean, the Cavs dropped that Game 3 to Boston um, in the Eastern Finals, but Besides that, this has been a cakewalk for both of these teams. They have not been tested in a very long time, so I'm, I'm really interested to see what's going to happen with LeBron and company facing what could be maybe the best team of all time. Yeah, and that's interesting to say that it's the could be the best team of all time, Definitely especially a year after they set the record for the most wins in a regular season, which... At that point, you're like, wow, this could actually be the best team of all time. Yet they don't have that record this year to show it. Right, and they, they, last year they just didn't finish. I mean, they, they didn't were up, finish. Up three to one, um, and they definitely could have made a case. But you know that Draymond Green suspension bring we bring it up again. I think that was the turning point of that series. I mean, Draymond Green, I think, is definitely not the best player on the Warriors. But he is the heart and soul of that team. Super instrumental. I think without him, and it showed that you need Draymond Green on the court because it's not all about scoring here in the NBA. And you can say that there's only one ball for the boys on the Golden State Warrior team. But Draymond Green is the best one at distributing it and the best one at pulling it down off the rim, which makes them so effective. Getting it to Clay, getting it to Curry, and getting it to Kevin Durant. But what I think is really going to define this series, and we're kind of hopping in. Our picks will come in in a matter of no time. But is the size of the Cavs. If you watch the regular season, I don't like harping on that a lot because I don't think it's that valuable to this sport. But if you watch the regular season, one of the issues was is the size comparison. And the Cavs were just much bigger than the Warriors. And I think when you got Tristan Thompson going up against Zaza Pachulia, there's a little more bang in the post that the Cavs can do. It slows down the game a little bit. That way you don't have that much transition space for Curry to maybe pull up and hit a three or Durant to take it to the rim. Yeah, but I think this Warriors team has definitely they found a way to operate you know, without a true big man. And that's, that's kind of been their game all year. I mean, they probably have... Three of probably the top 20 shooters, I would say, maybe in NBA history. I mean, you look at Kevin Durant, Klay Thompson, and Steph Curry. Those guys are, you know, some of the best that the game has ever seen at shooting the basketball. But I got to give credit to the Cavs. They have quite a bit of shooters as well. I mean, obviously, you have LeBron, who is not really known as a shooter. But, you know, you have him, Kyrie Irving. You have Iman Shumpert, who I think is kind of an up-and-coming player. You have Kyle Korver. Um, you have Channing Fry, who is, is a great stretch four for the Cavs. So the Cavaliers actually have a better three-point shooting percentage in this playoffs compared to the Warriors. So it's going to be interesting to see how the game develops from a size perspective and also from you know shooting the deep ball perspective. Well, I think that was the really interesting part, that they went out and really built their three-point shooting. I mean, we know how good Curry is and we know how good Klay Thompson is, but if you go down that bench, I mean, you got Ian Clark coming off the bench who maybe hits a couple, Sean Livingston, not so much. I mean, there's not, the bench of the Golden State Warriors isn't the best. Like, Andre Iguodala, I couldn't stand watching him shoot threes. Can he hit some? Absolutely. But that high shooting arc he's got, the weird funky dunk stuff, like, he can't even make a free throw. So, And you know what we're forgetting to bring up is Kevin Love is actually hitting absolutely. over 48% on his three-point shots, I think is, ha- is having the best postseason of his career. He's rebounding like a beast. 
Um, you know, he's working the post and he's playing defense at a very high level, which is what the Cavs are going to need to do to take down this Warriors team. Because if you look at the Warriors from a t- statistical standpoint, they have the number one offense in the league and the number two defense in the league. So, I mean, this team is no stranger to playing well on both sides of the ball, even though we kind of look at them as an offensive juggernaut, which they are. Well, that matchup is really interesting because I think it's going to be, on paper right now, it's going to be Draymond Green versus Kevin Love. Right. And I think Draymond Green is more athletic. I think he does more for a team. I, I love that Kevin Love has really stepped up, and that sounds really redundant when you say love <laughs> that many times. But I think him stepping up is going to be huge. It's going to be the way he plays on the defensive end of the floor that's going to dictate. I think this matchup is definitely a focal point because everyone's going to talk about Kevin Durant versus LeBron James, but I think what we need to see is how Kevin Love is able to hand, handle Draymond Green, not allow him to get into passing lanes so he can make it easy getting it to JaVale McGee, Steph Curry, or anybody else on the team. He really needs to step up on the defensive end, and I don't know if people really talk about that when they talk about Kevin Love. They think about him being more of a shooter, more of a rebounder, which has definitely taken a back seat since he's come to Cleveland, but... That matchup is really going to be crucial to me, Xander, and I think... And we and we got some great matchups. I mean, look at across the board. You've got Kyrie and Steph, like you mentioned, LeBron and Durant. We've got um, JR and Klay Thompson. Klay Thompson has really not been a focal point like he's been in the past, but obviously that'll come with the addition of Kevin Durant, who, like I've said before, I think is the most talented player in the NBA. And then, like Roz said, you know, we've got Draymond and Kevin Love, and then we've got Zaza and Tristan Thompson. Um, Along, you know, we throw in Iguodala, we throw in Shumpert. I mean, we've got a lot of lot of great matchups here, and I think that's why the series is going to be so good. I know that the the Warriors are a little over a two to one favorite, but we're going to talk more about that after the break. If you miss the show, you know where to find us, everyone. LibertyTalk.fm. We'll be back after the break with more talk on the NBA Finals. We're back at the Sporting Edge, everybody. And Roz, you know what? I think a great talking point for any NBA final series and just just sports in general is, you know, kind of a next man up. Who's going to step up for, you know, one of these two teams that might be not a guy that you would think of? I mean, I think last year Richard Jefferson was a huge focal point of, of the Cavaliers winning the entire thing. I mean, I know you've got LeBron James, you've got Kyrie Irving, but there is going to be a guy in this series who a lot of people don't expect to step up. You know, I look at a guy like Ian Clark on the Warriors, Darren Williams, it could be Richard Jefferson again, and like I mentioned before, Iman Shumpert. I mean, you know, the finals are overloaded with star power, but there's going to be contributions from some guys who you wouldn't really expect to step up in that spot. Yeah, I think my choice for that this year, other obviously outside of LeBron, and for some reason, I'm under the impression LeBron is about to have the greatest NBA Finals performance of all time, and that's tough to match since he his last two seasons have arguably been the best NBA Finals. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the one I, the one two years ago was the most something thing. out of a you know fairy tale. I, I mean, how good he was. How Iguodala won Finals MVP, and I get it, you should give it to the winning team, is beyond me, because I think LeBron should have been Finals MVP still for that. I mean, putting his team on the back that way. But back to the original point, what I'm going to say is I think Corver's coming into play. Corver's been a little quiet. Here and there, he'll have that big game, hitting all those threes that they are looking for and need, and that's exactly what they traded for. I think similar to, similar to what Ray Allen was able to do for LeBron in Miami, I think Kyle Corver is going to be super clutch, 
coming down the line in game six, seven of this series, and he's going to hit some major threes that are going to keep LeBron James in the game and give him the opportunity to close it out and make him the greatest player of all time. And we're going to get back to that in a second. Yeah, we, we obviously have to bring that up. I think my key guy for the series is going to be Clay Thompson. You know, Thompson was a huge point on the Warriors and still is, but obviously when you get a guy like Kevin Durant, obviously things are going to change a little bit. But, you know, Clay Thompson is only shooting 38% from the field. 36% from three-point range in the playoffs, which is, is definitely not up to par for a guy of his standard. Um, and he's been he's been pretty quiet, hasn't had a signature game, but I think Klay Thompson really finds a way to step up in this NBA Finals. I think right when you're sleeping on a guy who is that good, that's when he comes and kind of bites you in the ass. And I think Klay Thompson is definitely good enough to make a huge impact on this series because obviously with LeBron and Kevin Durant, that's the matchup I'm looking forward to the most. But a guy like Clay Thompson, who has been a little quiet, I think he might make some noise in this finals. Yeah, I think Clay can have one of those games where he has 39 points in a quarter. I mean, right. it's Clay Thompson, possible. he barely has to dribble the ball in order for him to get his shot. I mean, what was that statistic? He had 11 dribbles in a game where he scored 60 points. I mean, that's right. one of the most ridiculous statistics of all time. And that's right, Xander. I mean, it's with Kevin Durant healthy and looking really, really good right now. Clay doesn't have to touch the ball that much, and when he does touch the ball, I'm assuming he's going to be open, and that's where J.R. Smith, Iman Shumpert, really need to step up. I mean, for a time, one of Iman Shumpert's like best skill sets was his defensive side of the ball. Right. So right. if he can shut down Clay Thompson, then that makes it a lot more interesting for the Cavs, and I think keeps it a lower-scoring game, which I think really needs to be tailored to this series. I think the Cavs cannot let the Golden State Warriors run the board up to 130 points, 120 points. They need to really battle this one out slow down the pace make sure their big guys are banging in down low give a little shove to Kevin Durant I mean he's a skinny guy and make him fall I guess that's just not trying to hurt the guy but make it really physical it'll sharpen it'll sharpen their skills and everything and make the Warriors a little more concerned yeah and I think you know the Cavs I don't think they want to play a shootout type of game with the Warriors but they, they definitely have a chance even if it does get to a shootout like I said before they do have a lot of shooters on this team. I mean, they can get hot as well. I know the names aren't as big as Curry, Durant, and Klay Thompson, but the Cavs do have a lot of people who can shoot the rock. And if they, they don't happen to play the game they want inside, you know, with Tristan Thompson, um, they, they definitely could keep up with the Warriors. But, you know, we like we've seen, the Warriors could be the best team of all time equipped with the best shooters of all time. So it, it would be a tall, it would be a tough task if the series turned into a shootout. So we're hoping we're the first media outlet covering the NBA Finals. Obviously, that's just <laughs> not going to be the case. But I want to see this question asked. I want to see it on Fox Sport. I want to see it on ESPN. And you're going to definitely hear it here first at the Sporting Edge. Is Curry going to play this NBA Finals? Because I don't know if you guys remember, but Steph Curry has not been Steph Curry in the last two NBA Finals. He has had to be bailed out by Andre Iguodala's defense. He's had to be bailed out by Klay Thompson. He's had to be bailed out by his entire team. I mean, Sean Livingston, if you guys don't remember, in the first final, the one they won, Sean Livingston scored 20 points, I think, in two of the five or six games they played. So Steph Curry has been silent. He hasn't really shown up in the NBA Finals. And that's I don't want to take a shot at him. I think this is where you go. This is the third time around. The trilogy could come to an end here. 
You need to get the, it's the rubber match. You need to get that win. And Steph Curry, it, it's time for him to step up in the NBA Finals because if he doesn't, LeBron's going to make this a cakewalk. And I don't uh, think that's easy to say. Wait, I can say that. If Steph Curry isn't performing and it's all on Kevin Durant's shoulders, we all know how Kevin Durant plays against LeBron James. Just look at the records. 13-2 and two is LeBron against Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant is stuck behind this wall that is LeBron James. And this He's is, going to need Curry's help. And this, that's is, why he this is a huge series for Kevin Durant's legacy. I mean, does it, does it really change the type of player he is like I don't think so but when you look at the best players of all time they win NBA championships I mean any great player Magic Bird LeBron Jordan um, these guys are not only the best talents in the game but they also won and they've done a great job and I think that's where Kevin Durant really needs to step up in the series because he is the focal point of this Warriors team it used to be Steph Curry but now it's Kevin Durant so now we get to see what is Kevin Durant going to do? <laughs> that sounded weird. What is he going to do against you know the best team that they've played all season? Because the Warriors have not been tested in a long time. They've like I said, they're undefeated through the playoffs. But this Cavs team is going to be unlike any team they've seen so far, especially with a Kawhi Leonard-less Spurs team. Hey, so. I've heard it and taken it. I mean, I'm a LeBron fan. I'm not a Cavs fan. But I've heard everything people have had to say about LeBron moving to Miami and everything. Am I allowed to just go on an absolute tangent if Kevin Durant doesn't win this NBA final? I mean, he didn't do the whole decision. He didn't do not one, not two, not three, all that. I understand. But he went to a mega team. A team LeBron couldn't even have drafted up in his own mind. So you can consider Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh to be the first of that amazing superstar teams. Although you have to go back to the 2008 Boston Celtics who really did start that trend off. But Kevin Durant is on a team that just should not lose. But if LeBron is able to beat him again, I think that does tarnish his legacy a little bit. Well, I, I think he's he's def- I think he's going to get another shot. I mean, the well, Warriors have multiple team, shots. Have multiple shots. But I think this series will do more to improve LeBron's legacy than it will to hurt Durant's. That, no, that's I agree. my perspective on it. Um, I think this series, the two major taglines, I think, is LeBron chasing the greatest player of all time um, award. And then the Warriors chasing, you know, probably the greatest team of all time. So that's why I'm I'm so excited to watch because this is gonna this is a battle of really two giants. But like you can tell where the money's at right now. The Warriors are a huge favorite. I mean, to be over a two to one favorite in a final series is, is nothing short of you know it, it's it's huge. There's no other way to describe it. I mean, the fact that um, they're not even under two to one, it, it shows you you know how good of a team they are. But you, you can't ever count out LeBron. I mean, he's the best player of this generation, and you know he's going he's gonna to come to play. We know that, but it's going to depend on a lot of other guys. little interesting thing. So Steve Kerr, it, we, as has been reported, won't be ready to go for the NBA Finals. So Mike Brown, still going to be in charge here. Mike Brown, as we all know, coached the Cleveland Cavaliers at one point. Are we? In, if the Cavs pull this off somehow, are we just going to hear also like, ah, uh, just like the Draymond Green suspension, Steve Kerr not being there changed the entire outlook of this NBA Finals. I mean, uh, yeah. that, would that actually happen? I you know, it, it could happen. I, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't put anything behind it. I mean, Steve Kerr, I think, is a great coach, but you know, with this series, they're playing against the Cavs, who, like I said, are, are a much better team than they've seen so far. There's going to be some clutch situations that might call for a Steve Kerr, you know, drawing up a great play or, or making some great suggestions. Whatever he does, I mean, he is a great coach, and this Warriors team has done so well without him, but. They're such. A, they're just such a much better team. It doesn't. I don't think it really even matters to their coaches. But it might matter. You know, the closing minutes of a game. You know, whether or not they're going to need 
to do something that they haven't been comfortable doing. I mean, when you look at the clutch stats and the clutch situations, the Warriors really have not been that great, but they also haven't had that that much opportunity. So when I look at a guy like LeBron, a guy like Kyrie Irving, who had the biggest shot of his life last year in Game 7 with a minute left, there's going to be some testing times. And will guys like Steph Curry and Kevin Durant who've been notorious for, I would say, folding at the biggest moments in time, you know, what will they do? Will they step up or will they crawl back? I think we're going to see some exciting stuff. Kevin Durant, I, I think this is, I think he's going to have a great series, but we've got our picks coming up after the break. Don't miss out. If you miss a show, you know where to find us, libertytalk.fm, and we'll be right back, everyone. What's up, everybody? Bubba here. It's finally here. The long-awaited Bubba Report, bringing you news from all the trading floors across the globe. We've got Scott Chalady, the cow guy, as seen on CNBC, Fox, and Bloomberg. We've got Keith Bliss, CNBC, Fox, and a floor trader at the New York Stock Exchange. We've got the Badger, who writes the hot topics in the political news. We've got myself putting together my own unique indexes that will help you give you a better idea of what's going on in the market. All you need to do to get a hold of the Bubba Report is go to the thebubbashow.org and sign up for the newsletter, or you can email me direct at bubba at thebubbashow.org. We want you to have this report because we've got over 150 years of experience talking about markets, getting ready for the trading, and puts you in the best position to have successful. So email me at bubba at thebubbashow.org to get a copy of your report or go right to the website, thebubbashow.org. Make sure you get it. It's a must-have for every investor and trader. The Bubba Report. What's up? What's up, everybody? We are back, and it is pick time. So I'm very excited to announce this pick before we announce these picks, Xander, because of how valuable these picks always are. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely right. We are the most successful picking radio show of all time. Just on early statistics. I'm like the LeBron James, and ESPN can consider themselves a Michael Jordan, because I'm coming for the top. Let that be known to everybody. But before I do that, we want to reach out to the fans again. I want to do another promotion this is kind of an easy one, all right? We're going to have a trivia question posted on our Facebook, all right? So it's not going to be on this one, but I just want all of our listeners to head over to our Facebook. What you have to do is you have to like the page, and then you're going to have to share the trivia question, all right? I'm asking a lot over I'm here. I'm asking a lot. A like and a share. That way, we can have a huge pool of people going forward. It's like a DraftKings. You have the opportunity to win a lot of money. Or you have the opportunity to not win at all, although I'm not offering you a lot of money this time. <laughs> the award will be also announced on Facebook. I don't want to give it away yet, but it's going to be nice. It's not just a t-shirt, everybody, so get excited. It'll be great. But Xander, now time to talk about where we should put our money and where our fans should put our money because we have picks to make. It has been tough, Xander. I have not been able to figure it out. My father has asked me. My friends have asked me. People everywhere are asking, who am I taking for this NBA Finals? And I think within the last minute, I kind of picked it myself. Really? It took down me to the wire. Down to the wire, Xander. I'm going with the Cavs. And I'm going with the Cavs in seven because I think it, it would be it'd be easy to say the Warriors win in five. I wouldn't be shocked. It would. I'd be up. Oh, that's the NBA Finals for you. That's it. Wait till next June, right? But I think the Cavs are going to push this six or seven games, and they're going to win it on the road in Golden State, and LeBron James will be able to call himself the greatest basketball player of all time. Well, that definitely is a tall task, and I, and I hate I hate agreeing with you. Every time I do it, it, it hurts me inside, but 
I also like the Cavs in this series. Um, not only are they getting a great price at plus 200, but I think they're going to pull it out. I think this series does go seven games. I think it comes down to the wire, kind of just like it did last year. But I love the Cavs um, as a team. I'm not, I'm not really a fan. I'm a, I'm a Bulls fan, and we all saw how that went a few weeks ago. I do like the Cavs. I also want to give a shout-out. Uh, we had that trivia of the week last week. The quarterback I saw at Arlington Racetrack was Jimmy Garoppolo, the backup quarterback for the Patriots. So we have a free T-shirt going to one of our fans, Matt Biskin. Uh, Matt went to Illinois Congratulations, Wesleyan. Congratulations, Matt. Yeah, Matt went to Illinois Wesleyan with me, a great friend of mine. So he will be wearing around the first-ever free Sporting Edge shirt. So if you guys see him around wearing it, um, you Feel free to take get, it from yeah, him, you know? You Just make it a little too. weird, you know? And, this, and again, he went to Illinois Wesleyan, which is a great school as well as thank, the University thank of you, Dayton. Ethan. I yeah, appreciate it. But don't think we favor those people. We want all of you guys participating. We got a couple of answers and shout-outs from people. They were wrong, unfortunately, but... Anybody is eligible to win this shirt. We want to spread our, our knowledge, our brand around to everybody. So keep it up and stuff with our promotions. We hope to hear more from you guys. Again, we just like to talk, so if you want to message us as well. But we've hit the nail into the horse's head. Remember my new oh, key catchphrase. every week. The key catchphrase. But we do want to wrap up a couple of NBA things that are could potentially preview next season. So me and Xander are just hanging out, surfing the web, and boom, one of the, maybe the biggest storylines I think that could occur this summer showed up on our screens. A lot of talk about this Los Angeles Clippers team just not working Who out. Who stinks? Who stink? They're terrible. They're Their three just couldn't gel, didn't work together. I don't know if a three could involve a power forward, a center, and a point guard. I think you need a, sh- a powerful shooter in there to really succeed. Yeah, that's, fair. that's fair. But Chris Paul, Blake Griffin entering free agency this summer, mm-hmm. making it interesting. And I think it's going to be blown up. I don't think that Clippers team is going to look anything like it did. I think it's going to be run by Austin Rivers and Doc Rivers. So, <laughs> again, nobody's going to really care at the end of the day. And people try to switch back to the Lakers because in L.A. you just choose the team that's doing best. Unless you're Jack, Nichol- Jack Nicholson. But when has the Clippers ever been doing good? <laughs> Who knows? But they've got some fans. I know um, Marcellus Wiley on uh, Sports Nation's a big Clippers guy. But besides the point, Chris Paul had mentioned that he has mutual interest in the San Antonio Spurs. Now, I think if that team were to come together with Paul, Leonard, and Alderidge, that is amazing. And I think if they even add a shooting piece or Danny Green sticks around, I think that team is a contending team instantly. And the Spurs have already been a contending team. So, Xander, I, I know I'm really intrigued. But I think that adds it adds a fourth team to the mix of teams that I think will be around for the NBA Finals next year. Yeah, I, I mean, I obviously, you guys all heard me talk about the Spurs throughout the NBA playoffs, and with Kawhi Leonard going down, that that series is a lost cause. We saw what Lamarcus Aldridge Aldridge did, um, you know, basically with the team on his back, he couldn't do much. I really think he's kind of a, a second tier player, um, and I think you know once Kawhi comes back next year, and if they do happen to get Chris Paul. I think that team can compete with the Warriors. I think they could have competed with them this year. Obviously, they were also without Tony Parker. There was really no way that they could have won that series. But looking forward to next year, Chris Paul does happen to sign with them. I think he's obviously younger. I think he's a better version of Tony Parker. And you've got an MVP caliber player in Kawhi Leonard, along with LaMarcus Aldridge. And I think Paul Gasol's still kicking it a little bit. I think that team is going to have a shot. But also, we look at a team in the East who is close this year, not really when they played the Cavs, but the Boston Celtics, they do have the number one overall pick. And, Roz, I was thinking about it the other day. I think they got to get rid of Isaiah Thomas. Uh, God, every, you and our friends, Hayden, Look I at, love Isaiah Thomas. So, yes, I, like I know what you're going to say. The regular season, 
means absolutely nothing in the NBA. And look at Isaiah Thomas. Defensively is the worst point guard in the league and metric-wise is the second worst defender in the entire NBA. I think they got to take Fultz. I think they got to get rid of Thomas. And if they can acquire a guy like a Jimmy Butler, they're going to be right in the heat of things with the Cavs. Yeah, I mean, Jimmy Butler is one of those options. And Blake Griffin, another little interesting perspective. Maybe he hops over to Boston if he doesn't go to the Oklahoma City Thunder or, of course, back to the Clippers. But you're... Disdain for Isaiah Thomas. It's not disdain. I don't know it's just, if it's disdain or just, I just don't no think confidence. He, he's not good enough to win in the playoffs. With 52 that kind of points. He put well, how 52 many, how points. Many, how much of a liability is he on defense? I mean, they're not. you can't win in the NBA Finals without a good defense. Not a single team beat the Cleveland Cavaliers this year in the postseason, except for the Boston Celtics. And yes, that's embarrassing as it is. But the Boston Celtics, I felt, had a great playoff run because I think the Wizards are truly a good team. And Isaiah Thomas came in in the clutch against the Wizards, came in in the clutch against the Bulls after losing his sister. I think yeah. Isaiah Thomas is a pure scorer. A score and can run an offense, but he can't even play average, average defense. That's it's, that's it's a huge, it's a huge liability if you're going to be a team that wants to compete with LeBron or the West. Well, then you know what you do. You trade your first pick for Jimmy Butler, who is known as one of the best two-way players in the NBA, defensively known to shut down LeBron James. I think that's the key right there. You have Isaiah Thomas, Butler, Horford on that team. You got Crowder helping out as well. That's going to be a good team, and I think you need Isaiah Thomas to remain a good team. He was good in or Phoenix. He's been great in Boston. He's a good, good player, and I don't think the defense should be overwhelmed. Like James Harden is one of the worst defenders in the NBA. Yet you don't care because he scores forty points a game. He got better this assists. year. He got better this year. He was average because he took less plays off. I just I don't see it. I don't care that his defense is. I think support. we can both agree that the, that the Celtics need another piece. Jimmy Butler with, would, with would be the piece I think they need. I think Jimmy Butler would, would be a great fit with that team. I mean, they've got a, they've got a lot of good players, but I don't think Isaiah Thomas is the superstar that can compete with LeBron and can compete with what is going to be the Spurs next year and the Warriors, which are you know here to stay for I think the long term. But you know, Roz, we, we've covered NBA and got to get to the other the other cream of the crop sport. Major League Baseball, and the first team I got to bring up is the Colorado Rockies. Best record in the NL. They're sitting at 30 and 17 right now. And you look at, they they haven't even reached their full potential. I mean, Ian Desmond has missed a lot of time to open the season. You got Carlos Gonzalez off to a really slow start. And John Gray, who is, I think, the best pitcher on that team, has only made three starts so far. So I think the sky is the limit here. You've got Nolan Arenado, who is an MVP. You've got Charlie Blackman, who is one of the best leadoff hitters in baseball. Mark Reynolds, turning back time, having a great year. And you've got these these guys pitching for them that are really almost no names, but are having great years. You look at German Marquez, Kyle Freeland, Antonio Sanzatella, um, and also this bullpen's been pitching really well. I think the Rockies, they're going to be fun to watch. I mean, 17-7 and seven on the road this year, which is unbelievable. We talk about the course field advantage and how that's always brought up in baseball, but the Rockies have really been doing it all over, and I, you know, they're, they're a great team right now. Absolutely. So you chose the Rockies, but I'm going to stick with because I think I am fantastic at picking still. I know I keep bragging all the time, but those Astros are actually now number one in MLB power rankings as seen on CBS Sports. So keep an eye out for the Astros. We're going to talk a little bit more about that when we get back from the break. We're going to cover baseball and the new power rankings. We're going to talk about our Cubs going on an awesome 30-game stretch, and that's our future <laughs> hopefully. pick, hopefully. But we're going to cover the Astros, cover the rest of the NL and AL, 
That's after the break. I want to just thank everybody for being a fan so far. Tell us you where to go. Check us out on Facebook. We also have a new, brand new Twitter. It's the Sports Edge One at on Twitter. That's all you have to search, right? Give right. us a hashtag. We're trying to start Wits and Raz, a hashtag there. A nice little friendly hashtag. So you know where to find us. We're on LibertyTalk.fm as well as welcoming our new iHeartRadio guests that we start this week. So please, all you new people, head over to our social media sites. We'll reach out to you, contact you, talk to you. We love you all. Have a great day and we'll be back right after the break. What's up? What's up, everybody? We are here for our last segment of the day. Very excited. And Xander, we're going to cover Major League Baseball power rankings, but maybe this is just to inflate my ego a little bit, although I don't think the answer is... It's already pretty inflated. I don't know how it could get much bigger. (laughs) I know. It's a little big, everybody, but it comes down here and there. I mean, hey, my ego isn't too big to talk to everybody, but Xander, we're going to do our own little power rankings here real quick. I want to know between me and you, and this is a power ranking of two, all right? Two, Okay. So far this year, and I hope all of you guys out there appreciate this, bowling is one of the greatest activities of the 21st century. It is. Just, Especially, got, just got my summer league pass. Absolutely. And this is why we're covering this real quick. But bowling is one of the greatest activities. I recommend that you guys go out there and get get your bowling passes like Xander just did and learn. It's a great game. It, you can be old and play. You can be young and play. It's great because one day you won't be able to play football. One day you won't be able to play basketball anymore because of those knees. But bowling is fantastic. And Xander... We've gone out a couple times. We've bowled a couple times here and there. Who's better between me and you? Right now, if we were to put the scores together, who is the better bowler at this? Point? Uh, I mean, it's 100% me. Um, you look at my averages, uh, probably hanging around like 160, 165, which is not, not half bad. Um, but, I mean, you look at the spare pickup percentage. You look at the clutch plays. Uh, it's definitely me. You know, I don't, even, I don't even know how that's a comparison. But, you know, you, you can make your case for yourself right now. I... I'm the Bryce Harper of bowling. I hit it big. When I he hit it the out, Bryce Harper last year when he hit 240. I but I but I'm the home run king Bryce Harper also. No, you're not. I throw up those I have, 200s. I have a, I I have a higher my job. I have a higher all-time game. I have more 200s than you. I have a higher scoring average just across the board. It doesn't even match up. I'd also like to say that we started off the year where I won the first 3 of 4 against Sander in bowling. So, you guys can blind squirrel Blind Squirrel does not always find it's not because it's blind. So I'm very capable of seeing, and I know that my scores were higher than Xander, and I think this is something that will progress. We'll send you a little Facebook Live video so you can check out and see who has the better form. But enough with the bowling. Let's get to the real people, the real athletes, the Major League Baseball power rankings. And we mentioned how the Astros are number one right now in the power rankings. They're at 32-16. and 16. They're super dynamic, Xander, and we bring that up all the time. I think their infield is absolutely incredible, and Dallas Keuchel is back. I don't know what occurred last season from the year before, but it it's weird. It's like a little Oreo of good and only bad in the middle. So Dallas Keuchel's back. I think he's my early Cy Young favorite right now. What's going to stop these Astros in the AL other than maybe the Yankees and the AL East as a whole, actually? Yeah, well, I, I mean, the Astros are playing some unbelievable baseball, and like you said, Dallas Keuchel is, is pitching on another, another level right now, and I think that that's the only thing that will slow this team down is if he starts to break down, and you know their bullpen and starting staff as a whole doesn't you know quite match up to what it's been so far because we're we're only fifty games in. I mean, we still got a lot of baseball left to play, and we've seen some of the biggest swings in the majors come after the all-star break you look at a great thing about last year the giants came in with the best record in the major leagues and they fizzled out 
in the second half. I mean, they barely made the playoffs, um, didn't even win their division, which, you know, they were up, I think, nine games on the Dodgers at the break. But you look at another team, and we talk about the Dodgers, who was playing really well in that division, the Zach Greinke-led Arizona Diamondbacks. I mean, this team is firing on all cylinders. You look at Taiwan Walker, you look at Robbie Ray, who's been a little inconsistent, but I mean, does have four wins so far. He's been he's been throwing some great games. Patrick Corbin. I think this is also a team to look out for because obviously you got a big bat and Paul Goldschmidt. You got Jake Lamb, Yasmani Tomas. I mean, they have a lot of pieces, and I think right now the NL West with the Diamondbacks and the Dodgers is the best division in baseball. And you got the Rockies, too. No, I completely agree. I think it's the best division in baseball, and I think they're going to have three teams similar to like the NL Central did a couple years ago in the playoffs. But I want to make one quick jump back to the AL, because, Xander, I think we're good luck charms. And I think you know where I'm going with this. We had Corey Provis, who was the broadcaster of the Minnesota Twins on our show. And since then, they have moved up into the top ten. They are 25-18 and 18 this season and are now ranked eighth, eighth in the power ranking. So... If you are a broadcaster for a team, a coach, a player, and you want your team to do better, I think the magic serum is coming to me and Xander. So this is going to bring up the Cubs because hopefully we're talking to a Cubs great soon. One more quick point on the Twins. Jose Barrios, who was the top pitching prospect in the major leagues last year, came up, made a few starts, and had a horrendous over-8 ERA. Is 3-0. With a 166 ERA this year, 22 strikeouts and 21 and two thirds innings, he is going to be a key down the stretch for the Twins if they want to keep playing great baseball. Absolutely, and there's a lot of keys we need to talk about for the Cubs, making them better and go on this 30 game win streak. We it'd believe be it's nice about if, to happen. If Kyle Schwarber could hit over 200, that's fair, that and I think we're nice. going to get to that point. But again, like I said, we might have a Cubs player coming in in the future on the show. We're very excited for the possibility, but we're going to leave that a secret for now. But about these Cubs, they had a good homestand. They took a one loss to the Giants, one loss to the Brewers. Obviously, there was that rain out. But they looked really good at home. Chris Bryant has been fantastic. Anthony Rizzo finding his swing a bit. I know his average is down for sure this year. But if the pitching starts getting better, and I think a message was sent with that complete game by Lester. I think Lester went out there through the complete game, a four-hitter actually. Mm-hmm. It's a pitching staff, step up. It's time to get right. going. Arietta, Hendricks, Lackey for sure. Let's get it moving. I think the Cubs are actually in the right direction, and we're going to see them in the top five of this power rankings sooner than later. They're ahead of the Cardinals now, still behind the Brewers, who, I don't know about you, Xander, I just think they're going to fall. Like, you talk about those swings at the All-Star break. I could just see the Brewers, who actually have done this before, taking an early lead into the season. I, I don't the even remember the last time the Brewers have been this good early in the season. I mean, they're, they're playing really good baseball. I thought that they would fall off. A lot sooner than this. I mean, the talk at the start of the season was Eric Thames with his unbelievable power numbers. But, I mean, this team has really persevered, and they're sitting atop the NL Central right now. So, you know what? I kind of disagree. I think they're going to still keep playing some good baseball. But I think it's really going to be up to the Cubs, you know, whether whether or not they go on this big run that everybody's expecting. Because at a certain point... It gets a little bit too late, but I mean, this division is going to be close, I think, the entire year, unless the Cubs do rattle off a 25-5 and stretch in 30 games, what they're absolutely capable of, but like you said, the starting pitching has been nowhere near as good as it was last year, and I think, you know, Lester, like you said, that was a great game by him. I think he's definitely the leader of this staff, has been, you know, overall since he came, probably the most consistent out of all the guys. I mean, I know Hendricks was unbelievable last year, Eddie Arietta won the Cy Young two years ago, and John Lackey is basically John Lackey. is still still playing pretty good for considering his age, but the starting staff needs to step up. 
Kyle Schwarber needs to step up because hitting 180 is not going to cut it. I don't care how many home runs you hit. This was a guy who they slated in as the leadoff hitter at the start of the year, and he just he needs to do better. I mean, <laughs> seeing what he did in the World Series last year after not you know basically seeing live pitching since Game Three. Um, I would have thought he would have been a lot better, and I think that he is going to be a key cog, you know, because obviously Chris Bryan and Rizzo, I think, are going to do what they have always done, which is produce. But Kyle Schwarber needs to step up a little bit. No, I agree, and I think it's time to just move him out of that batting number one. I think it was a fun experiment. I think it's time to move on. I mean, he did hit two homers in back-to-back game in the two spot. Could be a little interesting place. I know that moves down Rizzo and Bryant, so we'll see what Joe Madden does. I don't know if you saw, very funny, they're back onto it, they're dressed up again, they're hitting the West Coast road trip right now, they all dressed up as Anchorman characters, so I like the vibe right now at Wrigley. I like the vibe too, and and another vibe that I think will be positive for the Boston Red Sox is David Price is slated to make his return on Monday night in Chicago. David Price has been pretty rocky in a a couple of his rehab starts so far, but he's going to be a major piece for this Red Sox team. They're sitting um, like five games over... 500 right now. Chris Sale has been everything as advertised, has been, I think, the best pitcher in Major League Baseball. But we've seen what David Price can do. He is an all-star. Hasn't been that way in the playoffs. But you know what? Things could change this year. And I think, you know, along with Pomerantz, Sale, Eduardo Rodriguez, I mean, the, the Red Sox pitching after that has been pretty subpar. So along with Craig Kimbrell, obviously Xander Bogarts, Jackie Bradley, Mookie Betts, Pedroia, I think the Red Sox or my team that's going to rattle off a nice 30 games here in the AL East where they really need it with the Baltimore Orioles and the New York Yankees. That's all the time we have here for the Sporting Edge, everybody. If you missed the show, you know where to find us, libertytalk.fm. We'll be back next week breaking down some more of the NBA Finals. We've also got the NHL Finals coming up with the Penguins and the Nashville Predators. Penguins took home Game 7 in double overtime, so congratulations to them. And for those of you who want to check us out, like I said, libertytalk.fm. Check us out on Facebook, on Twitter, and we'll be back next week, everybody. See ya. Revolutionary talk for revolutionary times. Liberty Talk FM.